Hi everyone and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast where we're talking everything from red red wine to pina coladas. My name is Allie. Today is episode 33 on a marvelous mixed drink Monday. Today is Monday, March 8th, meaning it's also International Women's Day today. At the brewery, we are hosting a collaboration brew day in support of the Pink Boot Society. So that means we're having reps from a, come from a bunch of different breweries in our area. And for this very special, special brew, it is all ladies who are coming to hang out and brew with us today. I'm hoping that this will lead us to a super awesome free-for-all Friday show this week or next. Oh, and the Pink Boot Society is a collective of women who are involved with brewing. Super duper cool. And they raise money for scholarships and um, activities and grants specific for women in brewing. And some of the proceeds from this beer that we are going to be brewing today are going towards those scholarships. So specifically for women in the brewing industry. But for today's show, we are going to talk a little bit about women in distilling since it's a mixed drink Monday. So let's jump on in. Firstly, we can't talk about women in distilling unless we talk about bootlegging and prohibition and a lady by the name of Cleo Lithgow. I'm hoping I say that right. Um, she was born Gertrude, and Cleo was the queen of bootleggers during Prohibition. So right at the start of Prohibition, she's up and moved from the States to the Bahamas to start a wholesale whiskey company, just because she had this idea that this was going to be needed. Now, Cleo transported huge amounts of illegal booze during Prohibition. She was arrested numerous times, but never convicted on any tra- charges. She was a whip-smart businesswoman, praised for her beauty. Shocking. I know, I know that that's totally shocking that that's how they would portray her. But also for her temper. Super cool. She allegedly threatened to shoot a man for talking smack about her booze. Gotta throw throw down some mad respect for her. But literally, women in general were so influential during Prohibition. They ran multi-million dollar operations either their own or for uh, crime syndicates. The mob. Women also couldn't be searched um, by the police. It was illegal for them to be searched at that point in time. So if she was driving a truck alone, that truck also couldn't be searched. Super cool to think about how bad these women really were. Driving trucks, distilling moonshine, delivering booze, whatever it took to keep that liquor rolling. Now, do you drink Maker's Mark? Or have you ever just admired a bottle of Maker's Mark? Well, not only was the company co-founded by Margie Samuels, she co-founded it with her husband, um, she's often considered one of the most influential women in bourbon history. Margie quite literally created many of the signature designs for Maker's Mark. The name, the bottle design, the label design, Even the iconic red wax dip and drip all came from Margie. Her family is a distilling family. Her father co-founded Matling and Moore Distillery, which is now called Barton 1792 and is still distilling to this day. And she collaborated with her husband to create the mash bill for Maker's Mark, giving it its signature smooth sweetness by replacing the usual rye in the mash bill with wheat. 
really super cool um, is that on Friday, this past Friday, Maker's Mark released a bourbon called Maker's Mark Marjorie Samuels Founders Bottle, which donates part of its proceeds to university scholarship for women in business, which is very cool also. So I personally definitely need to find a bottle of this uh, bourbon. I think it's distillery release, so it might actually be a little bit difficult for me, but I'm going to try my hardest. Alrighty, so let's run down some awesome women in distilling so that you can find some women-made bottles. In the world of rum, we will start off. We have Zacapa Rum's Lorena Vasquez. She's been their master blender for over 35 years, meaning that she's been the master blender since long before Diageo Brands bought the majority share in Zacapa 10 years ago. Uh, so a master blender, there you can be a master blender for rum, scotch, or any other kind of whiskey, um, any kind of alcohol that's being blended together, if you will. Um, so a master blender assembles a rum or whiskey from many, many, many barrels every year. And they know exactly what each barrel is doing and how it's tasting and what's happening in their cellar. Um, so very cool. Here in Canada, we have a number of female head distillers, which is awesome. On the West Coast, so the far west, we have Shelley Hefner of Bespoke Spirit House, creating vodka and small batch gins. Um, and she is on Vancouver Island, so literally the furthest west you can be. Um, in Alberta, there's Caitlin Quinn at Eau Claire Distillery, which is Alberta's first craft distillery. And get this, guys, they hand harvest their grains. They use horses, obviously, also to help them with this process, but they are not using any machinery to get their grain to their glass. Very cool. Then we skip over a whole bunch of provinces that have lots of ladies who work in distilleries or who work as assistant distilleries, but there are no other head distillers until we hit Quebec and Isabelle Rochette of Circa, I'm going to guess, C-R-I-K-A, distilleries. Um, who make vodka, gin, and whiskey. Um, so she's a pretty cool lady as well. And then here in Nova Scotia, we have Jill Lindquist from Raging Crow Distillery, who is somebody I personally know and love. She makes great stuff. Love her. So other than that, though, there's not a lot of female head distillers here in Canada. I mean, there's really not a lot of distillers. There's quite a few, but there's not, like, crazy numbers. Um, so it can be a little bit tough. Now, over in Scotland, there are quite a few lovely ladies who are involved in the distilling world. So, first off, there's Christy Black at Arbicky Highland Estates, who are also known for their farm-to-bottle spirits. Um, so, they were multi-generational grain farmers before they decided they were going to open a distillery. And they hired Christy to be their head distillers. Um... She's also known for her terroir-driven gins, um, so terroir being the sense of place, including one, which is her signature, that has kelp, so seaweed, thistles, and bilberries in it. I'm not sure what a bilberry is, but it sounds kind of funky. So then there's also the, quote, first lady of whiskey, Rachel Berry, who oversees Glendronach, Benrack, and Glen Glasgow. AKA three distilleries. That's right. Not only is she the master blender of one distillery, no, no, 
not two, three separate distilleries and is one of only a few female master blenders in the world. So it's a pretty, pretty tough job to crack into if you want to be a lady in the master blender world. And of course, there's Leslie Grant, master distiller for Hendrix Gin with its iconic black bottle. Um, so Leslie Grant is the only person in the entire world that knows the entire recipe for the gin. She designed it. She created it herself. She launched the brand. Um, it's since been purchased. Um, but yes, she is fabulous and very cool. Um, next up, we have Victoria Edie Butler, who is not only the great-great-granddaughter of Nathan Green, the first black master distiller, and the man himself to teach Jack Daniels how to distill, but she is a master distiller in her own right. And if that wasn't enough glass ceilings to be breaking, she's the first female and black master distiller in the U.S. That's pretty cool. And she works for a company called Uncle Nearest, uh, which is the nickname of her great-great-grandfather. And Uncle Nearest actually has an all-female leadership team. From Blender to CEO to VP of Sales, those ladies are out there kicking butt. And I really want to try it. So that one is also on my list of things to be on the lookout for. All right, so up next is somebody who would be considered the leading lady of American whiskey. We have Nicole Austin. She's currently the master distiller and manager of George Dickel, uh, which is also in Tennessee. But she had previous stints at Kings County Distillery and Cascade Hollow. When she was at Kings County, she won double gold at the 2015 World Spirits Competition in San Francisco for her first rye whiskey. Huge accomplishment. Double gold for your first whiskey? Insane. She's also a huge advocate for American whiskey and bourbon, as well as launching numerous guilds and organizations to support and educate those in the industry. So um, she is amazingly cool. Definitely would love to meet her. A wholly women-owned and operated distillery uh, is out in Portland. It's by the called Freeland Spirits. Their master distiller is Molly Drew, and she leads the all-female lineup over there. She's also the youngest female master distiller, um, I believe globally, but at a bare minimum in the U.S., which is super awesome. They also have these really super cool-looking bottles that look like teardrops. They're well-known for their gins. They're very cool. Now, if we head on down to Peru, there's Melanie Asher, who makes world-class Piscos as both master distiller and master blender and part owner, I do believe, of Machu Pisco, uh, dominating the male-driven Pisco industry. Uh, so not a lot of women in like Pisco or tequila. They're kind of smaller, um, harder to crack niches. And because there's not as much of it, let's say, up here in North America, um, it's a little bit harder for women to crack into those industries. But another lady, trailblazing, um, this one in the world of tequila, there really only is one trailblazer, and her name is Maria Teresa Lara, and she was the first female master distiller uh, in tequila during her time with Tequila Herrera. 
Um, she actually started in quality control and worked her way all the way up from the bottom. Amazing. Like, beyond cool. She also blazed the trail for other women distillers and women Omer operators in tequila and mezcal. Uh, so she kind of revolutionized the idea that women could be owners and distillers in tequila. Um, she led the way for such companies as 21 Seeds and Yola Mezcal. And her current protege, Karina Enriquez, continues to champion women in tequila. So that's pretty cool. She not only did it herself, but now she's left a legacy of somebody else doing it. So in 2015, we see some of the first master dis distillers um, since Prohibition arrive on the scene in, um, I want to say Tennessee. I could be wrong. Um, and her name is Marianne Eves. And she joined the team at Castle and Key, where she oversaw the creation of the, the brand new distillery and its entire legacy from the ground up. So she helped create everything that that distillery is going to be known for by herself. Full autonomy from the owners, which is pretty darn cool. And rounding out our awesome ladies to know in distilling, we head back to Rum and Appleton Estates. So um, everybody probably knows the iconic Appleton bottle. In 1997, Joyce Spence became the first ever female master blender ever and has elevated Jamaican rum to its exalted status almost single-handedly. She's also the first Jamaican woman to earn the honor of National Medal of Science and Technology. Pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. Not only is she kicking butt in the world of distilling, but also in the world of science and technology. Gotta love it. So, I hope this episode inspires you to go out and find a few more women-led distilleries, and also, obviously, some fantastic spirits. They are out there. You might have to knock on a few doors to find them, but there are women out there in the distilling world, and it definitely means a lot to them whenever anybody can support them. So I would definitely appreciate it if you guys bought a bottle or you posted about somebody that you know that's a female in distilling because it really does, you know, make everybody feel good. And sometimes when you're the only girl on a team, it can be a little hard to feel like you're being noticed. So with that, guys, we'll wrap up another episode. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can do that in a number of ways. Whether you want to leave me a question, a comment, or a show topic idea, you can head over to the website, drinkswithally.com. You can click on contact and fill in the contact me form. You can click over to episode 33's podcast page and leave a comment right there on the page. Or you can send me an email directly to drinkswithally at gmail.com. Remembering Allie is spelled A-L-I. You can hit me up on all of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, TikTok, Pinterest, and Spotify. Knew I was going to, I always forget Spotify. Um, all of them are at Drinks with Allie. And if you could, guys, give this podcast a like, a review, a share, it would mean the world to me. That's how we're going to grow this and make it from a teeny tiny little eye 
podcast episodes into a really big podcast. So fill your glass with something tasty today, guys. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Cheers, everyone.